You ever seen a Bible verse taken out of context? Sure you have. It happens all the time. I knew the answer before I even asked the question. We, we can pick a few words out of a verse and make it just say anything we wanted to say. Mary been like this one from Ephesians 5.22. Wives, be subject to your husbands as you are to the Lord, period. Isn't that great? There's some men that love to throw that one around and they don't want to read the rest of the verses which tell them how husbands ought to love their wife. They just know this one. So it is often taken out of context. Ecclesiastes 10.19 could be used by the drunkards and the greedy, couldn't it? A party gives laughter, wine gives happiness, and money gives everything. <laughs> Baptists don't like Ecclesiastes 10.19. I am told that Bethel University in McKenzie, Te uh, Tennessee, loves a part of Amos 4.4 4, taken out of context. <laughs> That's a calling card for the university, isn't it? In the modern day translation, come to Bethel and sin. And I'm sure many people will do just that. A troubled teen might like Luke 14, 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Wow. Hate your wife. That's what the Bible says. Or your parents or your kids. Well, out of context, it's not so good. So today we're going to look at one of the verses in Scripture, maybe most taken out of context. And I hope we'll see in context, it is still better than we realize. Before we get to it, let's pray together. Lord, as we look at your word today, we pray that it's clear. We pray that you speak to us through it. And Father, that we get the depth of it because it is wonderful. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture today is Philippians 4.13. You know, I'll quote it. You all know it. I know you know it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We've all heard this verse. You can buy keychains that say it or plaques and hang it in your house. I have a dear friend who went to heaven in, oh, 1994, and it's on her tombstone in a graveyard in Indiana. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We've seen it claimed by sports teams, haven't we, and athletes. Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so out of context, all things seem like it refers to whatever someone might want to accomplish. From winning a football game, to losing weight, to getting a new job, to gaining material wealth. But in context, the verse has a very specific meaning. One that's very important for us to understand because it's great, it's wonderful for us. Out of context, it's used as a blank check. So I watch the Olympics and I think, well, if Michael Phelps is not going to swim in four years, maybe I could go to the Olympics and I could win all the go. Why are you laughing at that? Is it that? It is a ridiculous example, isn't it? Uh, if Dog Pavel is an event, maybe I could do it. But if I could claim Philippians 4.13 and decide I'm going to, where's the Olympics in four years? Tokyo. David Beasley gets a point today. And I can go to Tokyo in four years and think, I'm going to win. If I didn't, would God's word have lied to me? No, it doesn't lie. Does it? I would have misinterpreted what God's word said. So out of context, it's a blank check. 
But in context, it's a verse about contentment, which we should all be interested in. It's not about our dreams coming true or our goals being met. It's really about being joyful and satisfied and steadfast, even when you're in tough circumstances and life seems impossible. And then you can make it, is what it is telling us. It's not about winning the football game. It's about how you respond when you lose the game, or when you blow your knee out, or when you don't even make the team. It's not about getting the new job, or the new house, or the new outfit. It's about finding satisfaction in the job you already have, in the house you already own, in the clothes that you're hanging in your closet. It's not about being empowered to change circumstances. Really, it's about relying on God's power in order to be content in the middle of the circumstances that you find yourselves in and that you cannot change. So let me read it in context. We begin at verse 10 of Philippians 4. Paul says, But I rejoiced greatly in the Lord greatly that now at least you care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to thee, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere and all things I have learned, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know that as Paul wrote these words, he's a prisoner in Rome. He was a captive there, chained perhaps to a Roman soldier held in some apartment in the city of Rome. And he'd lost his comfort and he'd lost his freedom. He was surviving on the bare minimum. And here the church at Philippi had sent him a gift and we don't know what it was. Maybe money, maybe food, maybe clothing, maybe something else that he was in need of. And he said, look, it, it, it's fine. I know it didn't come any sooner. You didn't have the opportunity to do it sooner. It's okay. He's content. His great confidence that God has not forgotten him, that God was attending to him, that God knew the number of hairs on his head, that God understood everything about his situation. And when we believe that, we experience contentment. Paul noted, too, that an element of contentment is satisfaction with very little. In verse 11, he says, not that I speak from want. I've learned, to, on the other hand, to be content with whatever circumstances I am. Here he implies it takes very little to satisfy him. If anybody could have said, I, I have great want, I've got very little food, I've got very little substance, I've got very little freedom, he could have said it. I have great needs, he said. He could have said it. Instead, he says, you know, I really don't have any want at all. And you think, how can you say that? Because we live in a society that breeds discontent. The whole approach of advertising is to make us discontent with everything we have. And it's sometimes very, very effective. But Paul lived independent of circumstances. And that's very refreshing. And it's something we ought to be able to do. Satisfaction is not related to what we have. It's not related to what we don't have. Satisfaction is related to loving God. And to living above a level of understanding the promises of God and being satisfied with a little in this life, plus anticipating a lot in the life to come. So Paul moves through and always was content and he was always satisfied. It was okay when things went well and it was okay when they didn't. And so he lived above circumstances. 
circumstances. He can rejoice in anything. He can have peace in anything. And so today we focus on the fact that Paul was content because he was sustained by God's divine power every moment of every day. So that gets us to verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What's he mean by that? Well, he means that he's so connected to Christ that he understands that God has a divine answer to every situation in his life. And so he's free from worry and free from care. And it doesn't matter what's going on, even in jail. Now, he doesn't take it out of context and mean, you know, I can go on forever without eating. Did you read this week, a uh, South African pastor went on a 40-day fast with no food and no water trying to emulate Jesus? They found him in the woods dead. I don't know if he thought fully, I can do, I, I don't know what he was thinking. He might have taken some things out of context. So he doesn't mean he can go on without drinking or that he can go on without sleeping. He doesn't mean that at all. He knows that if he doesn't eventually have food, he'll die. Or if he doesn't have something to drink, he'll die. There's a limit to the physical extremities he could go through. But what he is saying is, when I've come to the end of my own resources, then I experience the power of Christ to sustain me. Through Christ, I'm going to be able to make it. He's talking about coming to the bottom, as it were, of human resources and finding their strength in Christ. In your own Christian walk, You'll notice that contentment is often a byproduct of distress. Contentment comes when you experience the sustaining power of Christ and those times when you have no human strength left. You know everybody that has a pacemaker? Somebody in your family maybe have a pacemaker. You know, it only kicks in when your heart doesn't work right. That's when it kicks in. The rest of the time it just sits there doing nothing. If it's functioning properly, pacemaker doesn't do anything, but when your heart messes up, it kicks in. There's a sense that we have this resource, and it doesn't kick in until something wrong happens. Sometimes that seems to happen in our spiritual life, doesn't it? You go through the worst moments of your life, and you say, you know, I really felt close to God during that time. I can't tell you all the times I've seen this kick in. Let's call it the can-do attitude. So often when tragedy hits, I hear a child of God say something like this. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can make it. And then guess what? They make it. They make it. You've seen it happen. They even go on to say, and I heard this this week, I could even feel the prayers because something has kicked in and they're doing what they didn't think they could do because Christ had given them strength. I've seen people survive some tough things. I've seen people survive... The, the house burning down and losing all of their worldly possessions. I've seen people survive the death of their own children or a spouse of many years or bankruptcy or, or disease, just to name a few. And in the same situation, I've seen others not make it. I've seen others turn to drug and alcohol or to withdraw from society just not want to contact anyone. What's the difference? The first group lived their lives through Christ. And the second tried it on their own power. The can-do attitude, the context of Philippians 4.13 can make such a difference in your life. Through Christ, I can make it through anything. 
on our prayer list. Danny Daniels, they were, it was a large tumor and they were only to get about 10% of it. And they were so excited and so hopeful and the best surgeon in the world flew in from Japan to assist the best surgeon that was in the United States and everything was lined up and well, it didn't work the way they had hoped and prayed. But even through that, they continue to have faith in their God and ask for prayer. We're praying specifically for him to be able to swallow. If Danny makes it or if he doesn't make it, because of this family's faith, they're going to be able to get through it. Because of Christ who gives them strength. Nancy and Bobby Clout are strong Christian people. Kay Hall said this morning about Bobby that he was her favorite of all the Clouts. So I'm going to tell the rest of them, Charlie, that, that Kay had a favorite. Um, and Nancy... Um, <coughs> Of the Duncan children, she's in the top three in my book. And so <laughs> I love Nancy. And because of his faith and her faith, and they got tough news this week. They got horrible news this week. But you know what? They're going to be okay. They're going to be able to get through this. They got that can do attitude because Christ gives them strength no matter what. And it is so refreshing in this world. To see people be able to hang on to their faith and grow in it, regardless of whatever circumstance they're in. And so the verse is not about me going to win the Olympics. It's better than that. The verse is about God being with me when I don't even make the team. And that's real life, isn't it? Whatever you're in, you can do it through Christ who gives you strength. Let's pray with